Ah. Welcome to the show. We are finally here. I can't believe it. My name is Alex. And I am Lizzie. And we are finally here after months and months of interviews and finding out when this crazy show is going to start. We are back. Talisman in hand. We are ready to go. Lizzie, how pumped up are you? I, I, you know, so excited for this first episode, but this is Christmas morning, so now it's already over. Yeah. The season well, is over. The season, season is over. It's over. And you know let's what? Let's just call it what it is. It's done. Forget it. It's all yeah. over. And I'll and folks, later. you know, we've had a bunch of interviews. We've been blessed enough to go to the junket. And we learned a lot about the characters. We learned a lot about the behind the scenes. But throw that all away because we are here to talk about one thing and one thing only. Season 2, Episode 1, Stranger in a Stranger Land. And this has to be a great opening act for this show. What do you think there, Lizzie? I had to watch it over and over again. I was so out of practice with my notes and getting what my color codes meant, um, all of that stuff. You know, I, I'm just looking and my notes look really nice and neat, actually. Well, that is great because we're going to need every little bit of it. Because we are yeah. talking, hopefully this won't be a two-hour podcast, but we're going to try to make oh it God, under an be. hour. Uh, no, no, we're going to under see. an hour. Uh, I don't know said, where where you are. There's no way. There is no way this is under an hour. Well, I'm sorry. Let's just say this: we're going to do our best, folks. Uh, you might have to have an intermission, but I did want to start out just with the opening, and and you know when we talk about you know, what music means to this show, you know, the hard rain is going to fall by Bob Dylan really kind of, you know, is a perfect, is a perfect bow to what just happened. Now, for those of you playing at home, you know, they left off right after they picked up, I'm sorry, right after the storm. And, and I think that, that, yeah, right then. Right then. So we have, there's no time in between this. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I also want to keep in people's minds is the, the, the sentence, is this just a dream? I say that because I want you to kind of think about that as we go along through this journey of these episodes, because that seems to be a good theme or a very big theme in this show this season. I also wanted to point out before I get to you, uh, Lizzie, is that Jack Bender, I believe, directed and wrote this this uh, piece, yeah. uh, this episode. So it's coming from the horse's mouth. 
Um, we, we were just talking about this. I had just posted something on Facebook, or I saw something on Facebook, I should say, that this particular title was in season three of Lost or something like that. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I mean, I know there's not, it's a different show, but at the same time, you know, it's still the same writer. It's still the same thoughts. So I think that's kind of a, a little in, interesting Easter egg that they did. Um, yeah. So what is your first thoughts or uh, point that you want to bring up? Tom's going to die. Okay. We're done with this podcast. Thanks for, thanks right. for playing. There we go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I, um, this last time through, I don't know what it was, um, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I was just like, Tom's going to die. But the thing you think is, so, huh? yeah, because, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, you know, not that we've ever stopped trying to figure this whole thing out, uh, but coming back into this episode, it just felt like they were kind of giving us all the themes and the finer points that they are intending to hit upon this season. Um, I think that one of the questions in, you know, the guy in, you know, that's up above the well, you know, asks the question, are you real? Right. Can you imagine Christy seeing her fiance and, you know, Christy knowing where she is and looking at this woman and saying, are you real? Is this real? I love Boyd's. I love, I love Boyd's answer. Are you fucking real? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) He's asking the same thing. He's asking the same thing, but, um, you know, please. I mean, it's just, there's so much like, you know, orange is one of my colors in my color coding stuff. And it's stuff that I want to make sure that I hit upon. And okay. I, I think going into it, it took me a while to find my footing with the notes this time. Normally, you know, like when we've done it in the past, I'm like, all right, what are the five big spots here? What, what are we right. trying to figure out? And I didn't do that. I, I didn't fall into that for some reason. At every point, I was trying to, you know, get organized and, and find the rhythm, and I couldn't. And I finally realized it wasn't about the five points. It was where, what are the locations the story is taking place at in this episode? And I came up with the colony house, wherever that well is, the bus, the Matthews mm-hmm. house, and the ca- uh, the cavern. So that's one, two, three, four, and five spots. So this is where all the action is. And, you know, some of the characters cross over to more than right. one spot. But... I Do you want to take like, each scene? Do you want to take each location by itself and talk about it that way? Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um, I have two additional sections 
um, but they can come later during the discussion. But um, why don't which, we which start? One do you, where do you want to start? I, do you want to start with the bus? No, um, I'm just going to go with the order of my notes, if that's okay. Okay, you go right ahead and I'll follow. I mean, Boyd, to me, seems like totally separate from everybody with this. The rest seem somewhat connected. So the colony house, and I was thinking about it. I mean, you've got, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly, it's like this Queen Anne style home, you know, stately mansion up on the hill, up on the big hill. Who always lives up on the big hill? It's the mine owner. It's the mill owner. It is the Bates family. It's the big house on the hill. Yeah. You know, like looking down over the little people. Okay. But obviously that's not what ended up there in this uh, horror show. Actually the reverse. Actually the reverse. Yeah. So they're cleaning up after the storm, grabbing all the radios because we've got a downpour, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, they've got to get all that electronic stuff inside before it's ruined forever. Um, you know, the house is in chaos with everybody running around. Um, a big beam comes through the front window and sprays glass everywhere. And Clara, kerchief girl has a name now, which is awesome. Clara gets a couple of chunks of, uh, glass and, you know, near her eye. I don't know that she got any in her oh eye. no it was like right above right around her yeah, eye like and... right in here so you know christy gets you know put to work and taking the glass out um not really certain what the point of that is and i'm i'm thinking we're gonna see that later because she's the pirate we, she goes well, they wanted to show the they want to show her like a pirate i guess i don't know yeah, I'm trying to think because you have two eyes, two eyes that are working. If only one is working, you're seeing half the picture. So, I, I just think I, I just think they wanted to show one, get her back in because it would have been cohesion because she was in last season and she had yeah. a she had a kind of an important sentence. You know, the storm is yeah. coming, so we want to see where she is. And two, they had to do something with her. Um Maybe I'm just going to take it at face value. Yeah, I'm not going to. Knowing how much production costs and how careful this story is being told, I'm thinking that it has to have a meaning. So, you know, everyone's running around crazy. Donna is shouting orders. And then she stops to drink some coffee. Looks like out of a Corel coffee cup. And I look down at the kitchen floor. And it's perfect. And I'm like, when did they fix the floor? They probably didn't. It's probably a cohesion thing. What do you mean a cohesion thing? Or lack of cohesion. You know how yeah, like, sometimes yeah. they, they, they yeah. mess up. But yeah, yeah. So, because that floor was gorgeous. And the last time we saw that part of the floor, Donna she was, was going letting, at it. Yeah, she was going at it so they could use... Um, the wood for the tower. Right. All right. Tower. Yep. The tower. So um, let's see. 
Mrs. Lou doesn't buy that Ethan is not scared. So I'm going to take that little piece and move it over here and we'll get to that. Um, so then um, Jade finally gets Donna's attention and lets her know, hey, there's a big bus down here. Um, like, that is wait, big wait, news. wait, no, wait, 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 no, it's Donna. There's a bit, there's a bus parked at the diner. I mean, it was so funny because she had no use for Jade and he, cause he's like running yeah. off at this, you know, at the, and that is kind of an important thing when it comes to from when new people show up and not yeah. only was it a vehicle but it was a vehicle that can that can um hold many people and it's getting dark so it it wasn't like it was eight o'clock in the morning there's a lot of ramifications to this bus when it shows up and how it shows up and all that good stuff yeah because we're at mid to late afternoon you know um so timing is everything and the way that they were kind of acting too where it was storming out and the sky was dark. I'm wondering if the monsters would come out early, if they're known to come out early with something like that. Don't know. Right. So Jade goes up, uh, goes upstairs or into a quiet alcove or whatever, because he's going to roll his joint with his very last rolling paper. I know. I love that. This is my and last paper. My last paper. And he just wants to do it in peace. But Clara comes in and she's just like, hey, you know, I forget what she said. Oh, she she asked if they had made it angry. She doesn't name anything. Just right. it. That the storm came in because it was angry because it does it comes out of nowhere it's like Absolutely. you know the truman show the truman show with that thing so you know she's just sitting there and it looked like she had like someone had cut up a um a placemat and put it over her eye you know, I know but it was so then, bad. yeah it was really bad but at any rate so she leaves and he's sitting there as she gets up, the wall starts to bleed into the symbol. And yes. then he looks over to his side and he sees this, you know, Ben Crosby looking dummy. And the dummy screams. I thought it was Fred Astaire. Okay. It's Ben. Oh, maybe it's Fred Astaire. I think that I think you're right. A Fred Astaire think, looking it, it, dummy. And the dummy screams and he does the most amazing thing and screams back at it oh i know he's had three run-ins with the symbol and the first time was the civil war bodies right he sees the body it was in the before the civil war bodies he was in the he was in the uh, cellar right yeah he was in the cellar and he goes in there and he sees that dead guy yeah just sitting there and the, the guy screams, and then he sees the symbol. Right. That's the first And he time. runs out of there. And that's the moment, like, he starts to wonder if it really is an escape room. 
because, yeah, we, we've... you know, that's what he thought the, the place was. So then, you know, it's the Civil War bodies when he's working with Jim trying to get a signal. So he right. sees the bodies, then he sees the symbol. Right. This time is different. He sees the symbol, then he sees the dummy. In the right. first two times, he responds in horror. He screams in horror, like he's terrified. Right. This time, he's just like, "Oh yeah, well I can scream louder than you." Like you I don't think. I me. think. The, yeah, he's like, "I'm done with you. I'm sick of I'm you done. harassing me. Like, get the yeah. frig away." Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I did notice because I I saw these, you know, all close together um, in the last 24 hours. Um, The dummy scream is the same as the guy in the cellar scream. It's the same scream. Really? Yeah. See, again, I'm so glad that you're podcasting with me because I never picked that up. I pick up some things and that's what. It's only because you pick up some. I only caught it because. I was watching it, trying to get my my footing on the notes. And I just started thinking about things deeper and deeper and deeper and almost falling into wormholes with some things, you know? Yeah, um, you in a wormhole. I don't believe you. Yeah. Um, And part of that was just trying to organize these notes. Um, So, you know, at this point... He goes downstairs and he's smoking his joint on the porch. Out comes Ethan. And I love this talk. Yeah. I I love this talk for a bunch of reasons. And I'll let you get to your notes in a second. You know, Ethan and Jade and Victor all are, I believe are all of the same mind. And what do I mean by that? Yeah. Jade's like super smart. Don't get me wrong, but he's still a very sophomoric person. In a lot of ways, meaning he is just a kid who got a lot of money and a lot of privilege, and he's just going. He hasn't, he has matured, but he hasn't matured. And I think that if there's any one adult character that's going to listen to Ethan, it's going to be Jade because he talks about the. Well, no, take Victor out of it. Victor is Victor. I'm saying other okay. adults that are, that can do something about it. Nobody's going to listen to Victor right now. Maybe they will after this. But my point being is if he can get Jade on board with the Cromonocle, they may have a chance to deal with the quest. And and I love what he brings up. And now I'll let you you continue with what you were saying. I'm not sure. What did he, what does he bring up? The conversation between Jade and Ethan. You were talking about, you were going to talk about the the conversation between Jade and Ethan. Yeah. All right. So Jade starts out with being annoyed that this little kid is bugging him because all he wants to do is sit back, grab a devil dog and smoke a joint. That's all he wants. He wants to be Jade. Yeah. Well, I think, he wants to be comforted by something because things didn't work out the way he wanted them to. So he's like, I've got to escape. But while he's sitting there, I I just love the way David Alpay moves through all of these. 
Like if you watch him, you know, his, his expressions and when he's looking at um, Ethan and talking to him and he's just very animated and he's not like everybody else in the way they interact with each other. He's just not not like that. He's very intense and, you know, very much his own self, you know, and not looking to look like everybody else. So the thing about it is that he's like, wait a minute, he's connecting Ethan with Victor and he wants to know where, you know, which, where is Victor's room? Yep. And he's looking for something. He's been walking around like Jade hasn't let go of that journal since he found it. And so or since Mrs. Lou gave it to him. So he's walking around and he, they go up to Victor's room and he's just like plowing through there. And, yep. you know, he, he makes this offhanded comment that Victor's probably dead now. So he doesn't even care. He's not respecting Victor's stuff at all. And so, um, He's looking for something. And and finally, you know, Ethan's like, what are you looking for? And he's like, I am trying to connect this symbol with something. And Victor has been here for so long that he must know what this symbol means. Also, the one thing I do want to point out, he also does finally open up to somebody about what's going on in his head. Yeah. You know, he talks to Mrs. Lou about it, but you know, okay, fine. But you know, even though it's Ethan, I think it's the perfect person because he he gives a little bit of a, a, a interesting take on what the symbol could mean. Yeah. You know, when he talks about there's good and there's bad symbols, and then also, you know, Jade is like, What do you mean? And this is what I love about this show. Going back to the original statement of this season, is it a dream? Meaning this, there's going to be good and bad symbols. We have to figure out which one is which. But in the meantime, that's that's the quest. So yeah. I, I love that they talk about that. And I also love the conversation with the picture. He's like, what's a Polaroid? Because he would know. never know. <laughs> But you know, but, it reminded me of The Last of Us with Ellie and Joel and the seatbelt. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it, um, and I also and I also think that you know when it comes to that scene, they're both working together eventually. I really do. They're do. starting to work together, and and I really do believe that. I mean, I think you believe this too. Maybe that Ethan is the key to this whole thing. Well, I think I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, I okay. am going to talk okay, about go for that. It. But um, going back to the symbols and the way that they're presented the three times that um, Jade sees them. Jade sees the Civil War bodies, then the symbol. Right. The screaming guy, then the symbol. So what that's telling me, that is one meaning. But is that good or bad? Because then he sees the symbol and then the dummy. And the thing is, like the dummy's not alive, has never been alive. So the dummy might mean when you see the symbol first, 
the dummy might mean something is fake. It's not real. Whereas with the dead bodies, you see those first, and then the symbol, maybe that's real. We'll be right back. Ever wondered what it takes to make it in the movie business? Peel back the curtain with 4-6 Success Filmmaking. 4-6 Success Filmmaking is where filmmakers share their stories and the secrets. It's beyond competitive out there. There have been movies that it's taken me 10 years to get made. Don't wait to create. Like, you've got to just keep making stuff. Tune in to 4-6 Success Filmmaking for your dose of cinematic realness, direct from the voices that have lived it. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to jump to that, but I'm not, it is a good I'm just, I just came no, up no, with I'm that. Saying, just I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. though, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to jump to that yet, but it's yeah. a very awesome theory. You know, a that's thought. a great pickup. No, I'm saying that's yeah. a great pickup about the, uh, the, the symbol and the person, or in this case, the symbol and the, the trans, what is it? Trans, the tra- how do you the say dummy. It? I'm just the tranquility. Well, I know the trans. Why can't I say it? Tranquility. Okay, can spell folks, it. you can write in and tell me how it, it's Tran- said. Tranquilicus. I know we can't say it. I, I, I tried. Even in my notes, I tried to like you know use the voice, and I'm like tranquilic. I can't. Anyway, the dummy. The dummy. Tranquilicus. Um, no, no, we're saying it wrong. Oh, I don't so, know, but. Anyway, but, but I think that's an so, interesting take. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, like, I don't know if I've ever told you or said this on, you know, on the podcast or anything, but like, well, I did yesterday when we were talking to Scott. I mean, I got my degree in chemistry. Trust me, I am no Einstein, but what I learned was how to go about a problem. Well, you know, I, I love teaching math. And the whole thing is you take what you know and identify it. And then you have your unknown. And you take what you know to figure out what the unknown is. So I'm starting to put things in place. And it's like the first season may show serve as... Um, um, a, a set of documents that we can go and do research and consult almost like, all right, well, here's, here's what, you know, this book is saying, and we can go in and do that research and then apply it to what we're learning here. And, you know, that's what I did with the whole symbol thing. So, you know, after watching this and, and watching Ethan and, looking at things what are we seeing ethan with all the time what does he have with him now the all book, the time the book not the book the oh the stick the stick who always the carries sword. a stick you're seeing Gandalf. it as a sword get yeah like the wizard the lead wizard yeah. The main wizard, the one that has all the answers, always has the staff, right? The magical staff. 
I mean, no accident that Ethan injured his leg and he needs that, right? Everywhere we see him now, he's got that staff with him. Like, you too shall not pass. So I started putting together some quest ideas, right? Because what I got is that, you know, more and more as the last season went along and now this season is kicking off, they are really leaning into this whole quest idea. So it's either a ruse to get us to go in one direction while they do all this over here, or this is where they're leading us. So there's different parts to play, you know, because he says everybody's going to play their part. Yeah. Victor's doing his thing. Right. So who is the Cromenacle? Who is that? Like, Who is going to be the Cromenacle in our story? Is there going to just be one? He says that it gets scarier the closer you get to the end of the quest. Right. Everyone has a part to play. A symbol can be a good thing or a bad thing. Like it can make you do good things or it can make you do bad things. Is Ethan like the wizard, the key, the guide? Like, Like when you're... In an escape room, I've only been in one, or you're trying to solve a puzzle, there's like a key, you know, and you start writing out, like, because I, I remember, like, in um, Chem Lab, you know, you'd have all these things and you would start to gather your information to try, you know, like we were given an unknown solution. We had to figure out what it was. So we'd take out all the clues that we had and you'd make a list. And you'd start saying, okay, well, this is this, this is this, this and this, until, you know, you could narrow down your unknowns to nothing, you know? So then is Jade the seeker? Because there's always someone that goes off and they're looking for something. And that's what Jade is doing, right? Like, he was the the first one. He's like, it's an escape room. I've got to solve this problem. What Jade does is solve problems. He sees an issue and he starts attacking it in his jade way, right? We haven't talked about it yet, but we have a troll that that guards the monsters while they sleep. That little being with the ball. That thing, that stone thing, it's an alarm. Boyd is the gatherer. Right, Mr. Fish and Loaves. They needed someone to land in that town that would go out and gather things so that all the other players can use them. And the most important thing is the talisman. Um, there's always, huh? The kryptonite for the monsters. Yeah, monsters, not monsters. (laughs) Um, There's always a protection piece and that's the talisman. You put on this and you're protected. Like whenever you're in a game, there's always something you can use to protect yourself. Right. Christy does the healing is the healer is the healer. She's the healer. Right. And the boy in white is like little information cards. Right. He tells Victor, 
This is how what you get out do, of the cavern. How to get to where you need to go. And he only pops up at certain times. Well, right? before before May, right? I mean, after May. After what? After May, right? Isn't it after May you can wear white? Oh, yeah. Between May and September. That's, that's the only time you shows up. White. Yeah. But he, he shows up at pivotal points, like wait, with Boyd and Sarah. And he points. Points to the tree. Go to the tree. Right? Right. Right. So... This is what I gathered. I, I didn't know when I was going to talk about the quest thing, but that's what I gathered. Okay. Um, let's go to the bus. And All right. we can tie three things together with that one song, A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. I remember the first time I heard that song, it was in Born on the Fourth of July, the Tom Cruise movie. Yep. Um, about Vietnam and I just remember how much I loved that song and it was wasn't sing, sung by Bob Dylan in that movie it was sung by Edith Burkell you know the new bohemians and I just I loved her version and it reminded me a little bit of um gosh now I can't think of her what her real name is but you know she played Jenny and Forrest Gump Oh, um, what you call it's yeah. ex-husband. Her ex, um, yeah, Sean Penn's ex-wife, but Princess Bride. Yeah, uh, like, Pat, I just uh, right, uh, something right. Robin oh, Wright. Yes, Robin Wright. Yeah. I, I just we're we're, we're of just a, a plethora of knowledge here today. Yeah, it's like an encyclopedia. But um, if you notice, right, the the diner plays it. The it starts with. Actually, it doesn't start with the diner. No, it starts with no, the he's, diner. It's, no, it starts, but also, it doesn't also start with Elgin. But no, 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 no. That's Elgin. the whole thing. But I can't remember which one we we see first. Whether it was the diner or, um. So what happened? I believe Boyd. is Boyd is ringing the bell. He starts playing, stroking out, and then it starts. No, no, no. It's playing while he's walking. Uh, all right. I, you know what? I just saw it and I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah. So it's fine. But what I, it, I didn't catch it until one of my several times through. I was like, wait a minute. Cause at first I was just connecting the diner and the bus with the song with Elgin. But then I'm watching, um, I'm watching Boyd walk and it's playing while he's ringing the bell. And his hand starts to shake, right? And that's when we see the bus. So it's the diner, then Boyd, and then the bus. And Boyd's hand starts to shake violently, almost like you're shaking up a snow globe. Trouble is coming, right? Right. It's just Trouble's a coming. hard rain's going to fall. It's downpouring when we start the episode. And um, we, you know, we're, then we go from um, Boyd to Elgin on the bus and he wakes up and he's like, oh my God. And he starts looking around. He's like, no, 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 no. We can't be here. You know? And that's when he freaks out. And he's but what like, I don't understand is. Yes. How the hell does he know where he is? He just dreamt about it. That's the thing. He fell asleep listening to that song 
And I think, I don't think that's it. I think he has some he connection. Had a bad dream. No, I, that may be true. And you could be right. I think there's more to it where he's either been there or something because there I'm guaranteed there's a connection with him and somebody else in from, I would bet my bottom dollar on it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just, I, I have a feeling that he, he, it could have been a dream. You're probably right. Cause that's the theme of this year. No, this well, season. I thought but he I said have... he had a dream. Oh, he did. He okay. He then, then I'm wrong. I thought he did say okay. that. I didn't write it. You know what the problem is? After watching it, you don't get the you don't get the closed caption. And I oh, love yeah. watching the closed caption. Yeah, and since we have the screeners, it's a pain in the you know what. Yeah, he wakes up from a dream. Okay, yeah. that's um, fine. So we got screeners because we had participated in the junket. And so Alex and I are actually recording this the night before it drops so that we can drop this right away. But there's no closed captions. And, you know, when Victor is like, he blah, blah, blah. He told me where to, the, where to go. And I'm like, what is he saying? And I'm like, and I rewound it like four times. Yeah. Finally, I did the same like, thing. Boy in white. <laughs> it was the boy in white. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Duh, how did I not get that? But yeah, there were a couple of things where I was like, it would have been nice to have closed captioning. And I never did that until I started podcasting because you have to know right. what everyone's saying. But so, that said, so Elgin ends up freaking out. He throws because, up on one of the, because of all this, he ends up throwing yeah. up on one of the new characters who's the, yeah. uh, you know, a young kid, you know, tough guy. And I was calling him plaid crew cut because he had on a plaid shirt and a crew cut kind of hair. Like not, it wasn't really a crew cut. It was just super short. What did you do? I can't hear you. No, it's, it's nothing. I, I muted oh. myself cause I was looking for something, but no, yeah, yeah, oh. you're absolutely right. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a tough guy, definite yeah. tough guy. And, yeah. um, or he's acting like a tough guy, which could, you know, well, could happen as well. Woozy after the house, you know, collapsed. But, you know, on this bus, we have Elgin, the bus driver. And Elgin, or Elgin, Elgin wasn't listed as a new character. So, and neither what, no, she was. We have Elgin, the bus driver, Mr. Plaid crew cut, the fiance. Um, the rain now he's in nine lady. episodes yeah they're all in yeah. there they're all they're all in several ep- um i'm gonna check but i i checked right before we went on air and i believe he's yeah. on in nine episodes where the heck is his name um of course i can't find it because i'm yeah. looking for it nathan simmons right, well. he's in nine episodes Yep. Okay. He's in nine episodes. So, so he's he's not um, going anywhere. Yeah. So we have um the last one is Gene Jacket. He's the only one that we got a name for. Him and Elgin. Elgin got names. We don't know what the fiance's name is, do we? I don't remember. If um yeah. I think she just I think Christy just referred no, we, to we, her as we, 
fiance. I believe they told her, and and of course I, Jesus, um, I, I don't remember hearing her name at all. But anyway, the bus obviously has taken a wrong turn, and the bus driver is responsible for keeping the the bus on time, you know, and on schedule because everything depends on that. And mm-hmm. she's taken a wrong turn. She doesn't really want to stop and doesn't stop until Elgin um, throws up on plaid crew cut. And so they stop at the diner very reluctantly. And, um, and and the thing is, she would have had, well, yeah, because he threw up, she would have to clean, you know, the bus again or not again, but clean the bus so that they could continue on. So, you know, I think the thought was, all right, we'll stop here. You guys can go in and get something quick or whatever. But the, this is what I don't understand. The diner is locked. Well, they were all up at the, they were all up at the um, colony house. So? Well, they locked the diner. They're the only ones there and it's daylight. Who's going to come into the diner? Somebody could, you don't know what people are doing. I mean, that's what they do. They just lock the diner. They've done that yeah. before. That's they've locked the diner. They've locked the diner several times. Yeah, when they're not it there. just it doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't mean unless that's where they keep the food and they're they're trying to right. protect they're it. They're trying to Maybe make sure nobody it. nobody yeah it takes away stuff. Ford. Yeah. So, um, the fiance, being a pediatric nurse, starts uh, tending to Elgin, and. Um, she she's you know running through her diagnostic questions and she says do you know where you are and he looks at her and he's like do you do you like you know we are in a bad place you know and i love that look he gives her do you um and so you know at this point jade has let donna know that these people have pulled There's up. There's a bus there and they need to take care yeah. of it. Donna comes down with uh, Kenny and two other people from the colony house and comes down with rifles in the car, in the van. Well, wait, I want to jump back one second. Before they go down, yeah. Donna and Kenny have a conversation. And yeah. that conversation is, listen, you're going to have to step up, Kenny. This is going to, we don't know if Boyd's going on a siesta or what's going on, but you're going to have to be the man. And yeah, yep. I mean, could he look any younger in I those moments? I mean, yeah. I think they, I think they, 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 instead of aged him, they reverse aged him um, yeah. for those scenes. I mean, he looked like he was 12. I know, and- but he always does. He looks, for, he's just a young looking guy, but like, I love it when she was just like, you're the sheriff now you are like, she was putting her trust in him. And then when he goes to walk everybody into the diner that first time where he's like, come on, everybody, he hooks his thumbs into his u- utility belt, right. you know, because like that's how he views authority. And I'm like, you go, Kenny. Like, that's what the cop does. All right, everybody, let's go. Yeah, everybody you know? go in. Yep. Yeah. Come on. So. And then, um, and then they, they hear the. Uh, they start hearing well they go back to uh jim i think at that point well i'm not gonna flip around yet but um, okay okay Keep because going. donna's trying to tell just the bus driver 
Yeah, this and, was a classic confrontation. Yeah. And the thing about it was that it was like Donna trying to talk to her old self. If right. Donna had land there, landed there, and someone just came up to the car and said, we've got to get off the street like right now, and they just scurried in, if that had happened, she would have been like, you're talking nonsense. But the Go fact that yourself. her sister was torn to shreds in front of her that is the only reason Donna bought that whole, you know, hook, line, and sinker at the beginning. And here she is, she's sounding like a lunatic talking to this bus driver who is like, I am late. I've got to get these people back on the bus and get back as close to my schedule as possible. You are talking nonsense. And nonsense. if she had said emergency services one more time, I was going to kill her. Maybe and you should I have know, been drinking every time she said it. But I think it was just driving home the point that we were not in Kansas anymore. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about the actress. And she's she sounds and looks like a lovely person. But if she ever says emergency services one more time, I was going to just come through that freaking thing. It's just like, stop. They're not coming. You dumb. And she could but not. She doesn't know been. it. No, but she, she could not. But but she could not have been any more annoying, and it was great. I mean, I loved it. But just like, oh my god, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. I know it was great. She was it was great. Doing scene. her job, she was doing her job. You know, we're making time, like, baby. We're making time. Yeah, it just it reminded me so much of being on set that you know everything. You know, every second matters. And when my kids, you know, they've been called up to set and they are just lollygagging like, oh, yeah, I'm like, just leave it. Just leave it. Let's go. Let's go. And they're just like, yeah, <laughs> drives me crazy. Try to get an eight year old no, out the door. Got, You'll see yeah, that too. You've got to stay on schedule, period, you know? So, um, they're moving, you know, Kenny's moving everyone into the diner. So fiance says to Elgin, you know, why don't we go? And as right. she's walking him in, he collapses into a seizure, which draws right. over Kenny and Julie. But the thing about it was that in case Kenny was going to say something, I just got the feeling that Elgin was being kept from going into the diner. And that's why he had a seizure because it doesn't even make sense that he threw up on the guy, you know, like, he's just like, I got to get off the bus. I have to get off the bus. And See, then I, I think you're missing something. I think Elgin's sickness, the house and Boyd are all connected. They're all connected. And well, I can't explain how yeah. every time. Yeah. Every every time Jim did something, Elgin got sick. Every time Elgin got sick, Boyd had another issue. Whether he saw somebody. I didn't somebody, even notice that. Something always happened. 
And and I think that there's a connection. I, I could be wrong, but I there there's definitely a connection between Elgin and the house. It's a, there's a definite it, so connection. Back up to the song. Who is it connected to? Boyd, Elgin, and the town. Wait a minute. Boyd, Elgin, and the diner. The town. Yeah. So I think so you there, have there's a, definitely a something. There's point. definitely something there. And, and you know, I mean. Like I said, there, there, nothing happens by accident. And I think that um, Elgin is tied somehow to the creatures or this place in a different way. I, my, my gut feeling is him and Tom are, are um, know each other. Don't get me. I, I have no idea. I just have a, that's just a gut feeling. Wait a minute. Isn't there always an oracle in the quest? Someone that knows things and just maybe he's like some sort of oracle. Because he was in the dream on the way in and his body is reacting to that place by throwing up reverse peristalsis. I can't believe I remember that. But by throwing up and then having seizures his body's reacting to that place. Right. Um, so that said, that said, I gotta, I gotta bring this up now. How yeah. friggin' awesome was Donna with the friggin' rifle? I'm well, sorry. I haven't gotten to that, that point yet, but yeah, I mean, she just walks up and she's like, and, and when she did that, I was like, because she was on a hunting trip with her sister. She knows how to well, handle they had the guns. Oh yeah, yeah. She knows how to use guns. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, she she stops her. She definitely stops her, and yeah. um, that's that's what's important, you know. Um, yeah. So what what you want to keep going? So just keep going. Yeah, I mean, I do have a question, and this goes back to the emergency crews that the bus driver keeps um, giving us. Um, if if she's so intent on alerting emergency personnel, why doesn't she call or radio them? Well, and that's the, the thing. Bus. Right, yeah. Why doesn't no, she no, do no. that? Exactly. I mean, we yeah. don't get the sense that it's not working because no one says that their phones aren't working or the the radio isn't working. No one says that. I but think she why, just wants to keep know, on time. I think she wants to keep on time and be like, oh, the people here will call them. It'll be fine. Whatever. Yeah, it just it doesn't seem to to I don't know. Like jive. No, it doesn't jive, but thing, it doesn't jive. Yeah. So jumping over to the house, because these two storylines converge a little bit. So the house reacts every time. The first collapse was to seal the hole to the cavern below. So when um, when Tabitha breaks through to the cavern, right? She falls through. Mm-hmm. The house collapse enough to seal that hole. Right. When they get the hole, Jim and the guys get the hole cleared out. The entire house collapses on that hole. But see, the thing is, every time they pulled something out, at one point, it something fell out. 
Yeah, no, exactly. A little, the bit, little, bit, little bit. Yeah. Because it yeah. was trying to say, stop it. Almost like responding to pain stimuli. You know, like it was like a nerve ending. And so the, every time they'd move a piece out, yeah, it would be shaking. You And Jim just saw it as an unstable structure being the engineer that he is. Because he's but used to house, that. He's used to that yeah. being an engineer. Yeah. So but the thing. house was responding to it. It was like because that lowest layer had been exposed, the one thing they couldn't have were if this is some kind of quest, some kind of game, they couldn't have that hole, that unplanned for hole open so that the monsters could come right out of it or that they could have access to the monsters and kill them in their sleep because that's all they'd have to do. And it would be, if they could, it would be really a, a really interesting way to turn the tables if they figured that out, that they could sneak up on them while they were sleeping and kill them. And even if they don't get them all at once, maybe the, you know those monsters would go right back to that cavern and go back to sleep and they'd kill them one at a time. So who was hunting who at that point? Because and that'll be in probably you know, season three or four. <laughs> yeah. And they figure yeah, maybe that's them. it. Who knows? Like, I don't want them to get out of there. But um, it's just because I, you know, one of my notes, the more de- the more they move debris, the more the house shakes, like it responds to it until it's so imperative for the house, like it's getting so dangerous and it just has to um collapse. And the house finally does collapse. And one of the guys, um, Plaid Crewcut, had made it up the stairs, so he's able to get out of the house, but Jean Jacket doesn't make it, Tom doesn't make it, and Jim doesn't make it. And Jim, I think, is like right over the hole, like a bunch of debris. Right. He, is it's one in. more beam. I think he said it's one more beam. Yeah. So, you know, he's not in a good place he doesn't know that he's in a really bad place but he's not in a good place i will say Um, this though to bring this up we got the trailer so wrong and i don't care i know i know i'm like i felt so stupid oh my gosh we're like trying to get a map we're trying to do this and it was so simple that it was it was hard but you know going back to the, the collapse the one thing that i really did love was yeah. the 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 relationship between um, Jim and Julie Matthews, yeah. and and yeah. I think that you know once it's all collapsed, he knows because he knows structures and engineer what has to be done. He also yeah. knows the world, and he knows that he has got to sacrifice everything to save the greater good. And yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, it's a good thing that julie was with donna at colony house in the beginning because there's a lot of respect there and right now donna's the mayor if if kenny's the if kenny is the sheriff Sheriff. she's definitely the mayor and um next in charge or at the top and father is gone i mean i love the fact how jim jim's relationship with julie has changed so much it went from you know, 
hating each other, not hating each other, but Julie hating him and his well, and his mom. Hating her parents, right? Just hating because... her parents, hating the family for everything. You know, yeah. Scaring the scaring her brother to yeah. Now she's all in with the family. Yeah, like they and of they course found him. I mean, of course, you because know? she's all in. Disaster has to happen. But, yeah, yeah. Um, now that happiness can't last, but, but yeah, because when I was trying to find out, like I was doing my research, there's Tabitha and Julie sitting on the rim of the hole in the basement, and Tabitha's saying, you know, I didn't do the right thing when Thomas died. You know, right. I I I couldn't focus on anything else but that. So, you know, they they did their, you know, healing right there at that hole. Right. Um, so is the quest, the pursuit of love and happiness? Because what is the quest? Like, what's the point of the quest? And, and you know something, thing. I can't wait to hear what listeners say with feedback, yeah. because I mean, yeah. we have two takes, you know, you have your take, I have my take and our takes are kind of this similar and we're kind of separate in certain ways but I can't wait to get those other theories because I'm open to being swayed any which way. And I mean that in a good way, because I just think it, I don't, I don't care which way it goes. I just can't wait to see which way they goes. And yeah. I mean that in a, in a, in an excitement way, not in a doesn't care way. Um, but it, you know, that whole collapse was a, a great, you know they they do a good job in this in this show of putting bows on each episode where people are like it, it, that's where they are they're not going anywhere boom they're going to get those well no they did they do have an opening with the um with with the with the people they still haven't figured out what they're doing but um i just thought i just had i just thought that was a nice little bow it's a cliffhanger bow but it's still a bow um yeah so where do you want to go next since since well, I'm trying to hold on for dear life here? Oh, <laughs> I just want to make sure I hit all my points. Okay. Um, so I love that Donna gave us a little um, a timeline piece, you know, that she survived yeah. almost a year there before Boyd found the talismans. And we know that it's only been a couple months that they've had the talismans. Right. So she's been there just over a year. Um, let's see. Tom comes up and he mentions, you know, cause like he's coming up to the bus and things are kind of nuts at the bus. And he says, I'm a bartender. Crowd control is my thing. I love that. But is that a pull, uh, a roundabout way to saying I'm in, I'm the in-game host? Oh, you could, you could read that anyway, but I just thought it was just a line. I, I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, but you know, nothing. It's just a line. That's the whole thing. But you know Alex. what? Sometimes, but sometimes Liz, Lizzie, it is just a line. And, Not and I, 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 I know you're, you're, you're going to, that's why we're doing the podcast. But at the it, same time, I, I think that, you know, remember, he wasn't just a bartender. So, I mean, he has other skills. And what are his and, other skills? Uh, I'm just saying he remember. He was a, what's that? No, He's no. I mean, he wasn't a bartender in the beginning. Like he came from from he had a different he had a different profession. 
He was what never was a bartender. Oh, I forget. Oh, I know. I forget are. now too. Um, but at any rate, he did. He did do something else. But the thing that kind of makes me wonder. I just, you know, by the at the at the very end of doing my notes, I was like, Tom's gonna die. And if Tom dies, someone has to take his place if he's the in-game host. And it made yeah. me wonder, like, is he being replaced because um, Tabitha dug that hole? And that was going on without him realizing. Under his watch. Under his yeah, watch. Yeah, under his watch. It's one thing if they're going to build a radio and think that they're going to contact the outside world that's part of the game right but for tabitha to interfere with the monsters where they you know in their intimate space the monsters can come out of there and invade their space but they cannot invade the monster space and it makes me think that a major mistake was made well you know that that also goes under the the heading if Tom is who we think he who we think he is, which Could is part be, yeah. of. And if he isn't, then he's just another innocent victim of yeah. circumstance or whatever. Yeah, and it just makes yeah, you know, where he's trapped in the house. We don't know how badly. And he's all I know hurt. is if 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 he is the key to this whole thing. Reed has some explaining to do young man. (laughs) Well, he would, if he didn't have an NDA. (laughs) I know. Right. Come on. He Um, needs to, you know, step it up. (laughs) So Jim and Tom are pinned down. We don't know what the status of jean jacket is. Um, And then Jim assigns, you know, because Julie, Julie and, and Kenny come running over and then a lot of bus people come running over a, along with Don at the same time. Right. right. And um, they bring out um, the guy, uh, plaid crew cut. Christy's helping him down because she's starting to treat him right away. Right. She's starting to and, treat people. Yep. And um, um, Jim assigns Julie to Donna. Uh, in case anything happens to him or just at least in the interim. And now fiance has Elgin stabilized and she's like, do you want to go to the diner as they're walking across? Oh, wait a minute. No. He no, what happened was she went diner. to go get the first aid kit. Yeah. Kenny gives her the, Kenny gives him the water. Yeah. Christy looks he up, goes, and all of a sudden, then, then the girlfriend looks walk. up and then boom. And then, yeah, wah, 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 wah. And the thing is, like, it made me wonder, like, what fiance would be thinking because Christy knows the entire time that she's been stuck here. She did not willingly leave fiance, but fiance doesn't being know left assumes that two things could have happened. Christy was taken in some way and is dead or kept prisoner someplace by some stupid creep, or she ran off with somebody else. And I'm like, as we're seeing fiance walk towards Christy, I'm like, those thoughts are running through my head that that's what she's thinking. Like, which is it? Which is it? Because she does not know yet 
what kind of place this is, like where they have stopped. And the only way that Donna is going to have any validation is because fiance and Christy know each other. And when Christy says, this is what goes down here. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And people right. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm with so, you a thousand percent. Yeah. And so bus driver is like, I am leaving. And then the other people that are at the house trying to help, they're like, there's people trapped here. We will get to the next town and send back emergency services. And they're like, Drink. and they start going back to the bus. And then that's when Donna is like, look, I got to tell everybody. I've been trying to tell her she's not having it. So here's what's going down in this town at sundown. And so they're all like, what are you talking about? And then the woman, the bus driver's like, I'm leaving. She goes to get on the bus. She turns the bus on. Donna comes over and she's like, boom. And everyone freaks out. That's when everyone is freaking out. So that's kind of where like we leave everything. They kind of cover up the house to hide the fact that Tom and Jim and Jean Jacket are in the house. And it's not evident by what's going on in the cavern that they know what's going on. Like there's this these people trying to break through because they've been sleeping the whole time. And then they end up distracted. And that's where we're going to talk about the cavern. Are we? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so let's talk about the cavern. And, you know, yeah. when we talk about the cavern, there's a lot of interesting things. Um, you know, the first thing that, that Victor keeps saying is to be brave. And yeah. I think that that's an important thing because bravery comes in many, many forms. Not to mention the fact that who else talked about being brave? His, her son. Ethan, talked yeah. About, yeah, talked about being brave. And, and I do want to point out a couple of things about the cavern. Because if you watch the trailer, and a lot of the trailer was this episode. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, you were looking around, and you saw some different items. You saw an old TV. A tricycle, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple a of dead bodies, chair. a yeah. wheelchair, uh, a clock, and yeah, then all of a sudden, clock, the 60s TV, the dead crow. Like, what does that dead crow actually mean, though? And then we saw, you know, the Fred Astaire dummy, and and yeah. but what that was all fine until a couple of things happened. One, he saw the dummy, he freaked out, yeah, he freaked and out. Also, the also what I think was the the reason why the monsters woke up. Okay. Because that Catalina what, wouldn't shut up. Nope. Had nothing to do with that. Had nothing to do with that. I believe that what happened was that white creature that was jailed up. She did the little Jenga deal. She did a oh, little yeah, Jenga yeah, bowling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And after yeah. she that's, did the Jenga bowling, that's what woke up. Sorry. That's what woke him up. Now. That that structure we keep seeing a lot, and I believe that that is a key to 
part of their kryptonite. Remind okay? me where we've seen that structure. Well, I, I've just seen it on ads, you know, with all the press and everything else. It was in the trailer. Oh. It was in the trailer several yeah. times. It was in the trailer in yeah. and out of the of the caverns. They put yeah. a structure outside the cavern that looks similar to that. And my point being is that is going to be a key to them fighting back, them fighting back. Well, when I first saw the trailer and we see that little creature. Who looks like she's jailed. Yeah, it looks like she's jailed, but that's the troll under the bridge. And her job is to let no one pass or its job is to let no one pass pass into the cavern while they're sleeping right so that whole thing with the ball was to knock over that structure to make the monsters to wake them up, up to get them the heck out to get that them the heck the out yeah but the that thing was the is alarm. the thing is um victor had said something about the boy in white he was going to tell yeah. him how to get out and it was tell him how to get out no, saying, but, he, he yeah. told he told uh Tabitha that and also it was interesting how Victor was the strong one and then it the role reverse happened yeah yep and, they had a and, role switch as soon as he saw the dummy and he never regained himself so what's the deal with the dummy right and that's, and that's something thing. we just have to find out that's something we have to find out and and that's what makes this uh, um an interesting thing but I yeah. think the theme of being brave and uh, is this a dream is going to be a big theme for this season. Cause I think well, a lot of people are going to have to be brave. And I think a lot of people are going to have to figure out if this is a dream or not. Well, an Elgin has a bad dream. Exactly. But, so, but being brave is part of the quest. No, I understand that. But my yeah. point being is how no, is I everybody know what your gonna... point is. I'm just saying being brave is part of the quest. And the and the other part of the quest is how are you gonna be brave and you gonna be brave and you gonna be brave? It's kind of like that Oprah moment where we have to figure out really how everybody is gonna play their part. Yeah and 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 get out of here alive or or whatever. Um yeah. I, I, I mean I love the cavern scene. I think that it was it we're going to end up going back to that possibly. Oh, we'll um, go we back. also, yeah. we, we also saw some new creatures. We saw the cheerleader mm-hmm. creature from the trailer. Um, yep. and... So there's a waitress and mm-hmm. I think there's a guy in an orange plaid shirt and a guy in a green plaid shirt. So a guy in work clothes who I initially thought was Victor's dad. I don't know how I missed for some reason, I thought he freaked out at looking at that guy, but it was the dummy. And it was my right. last time through that I caught that. Right. Um, there's a large guy. It looks like he's wearing a scarf. And then, of course, the cheerleader, which at first I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. No, it's definitely a girl. Yeah. After um, she got moving, then I knew, you know, because her legs, I was like, wow, those are some muscular legs. But it just really bothered me. You know, she falls through to the cavern and Victor's there and he's leading her and there's the symbol on the wall and there's drawings and stuff. But he's like, shh, be quiet. 
I'm like, Tabitha is a reasonably intelligent woman. And here they are in this crazy, scary land overall. And he's telling her to be quiet. They're in the cavern. And she's just like talking, talking, talking. And I'm like, shut up. You're going to wake them up. Like, I, I know. Because like, he says to her, this is where they sleep. I know, I know. Like, I can be woken up. Can you be woken up, Alex? Everybody can be woken up. Including the monsters. So, you know, and I loved, like, he was so steady. He was the rock until he saw the dummy. Right. No, no, I get it. I mean, and and we have to figure out what it is, and we're not going to figure it out today. So it's yeah. it's 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 something that we're just going to have to put in the back of our head and keep. Yeah. And it's just another piece of the puzzle that we're going to have. It's that one piece that we have to figure out where the where it goes. Yeah. Um, now the so, last thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, whoever was on the radio knew about the cavern. Oh, of course. But I'm just making that point. Right. Whoever was on the radio and maybe Tom went in to help Jim because he knew that she was digging that hole right. to get down below and he needed to police that situation given that he's the in-game host. If that's the theory that we want to go with, I'm not saying that it's not, I'm just it, saying. It, yeah, it's it's one of our thoughts, but where Victor was leading them out based on what the boy in white said, right? You know, given those directions, Tabitha didn't have that que- that conversation with the boy in white. So instead, what ended up happening, she went back to things that she had learned: follow the water. There's right. water here, and as you notice, there was more and more water the closer they got to the mouth of the cavern. Absolutely, and they got out. Now, and like you said, there was another one of those structures that said, um, I don't know. Yeah. The last, the last scene that we're going to talk about, cause, um, it's the only thing that's left. Yeah. Void being Boyd. trapped. And, yeah. you know, there's a couple of things that, you know, one, that's where we left him Two, he, he tries to climb up, has no success. He finally hears somebody and he's like, are you real? And then one guy's like, are you real? And he, you know, yeah. it was a really well, cool. The guy scene. asked him first, are you real? Right. That's what I mean. And he's like, are you yeah. fucking real? Um, yeah. In a great, in a great Harold no way. And then all yeah. of a sudden the rope comes down. And what's neat about this scene, this whole event, I should say, is it's like the, the area, I don't know if you want to call it, whatever you want to call it was trying to keep him down because you know, his son with the boat key is down there. And why would it be there? It's a hallucination. He was trying to keep him down there trapped. And I don't think I feel, so. Oh, I, I know. So I know. So you, you can, know. why I, you, you can, know? So because there's no other reason why he would be there. He, he kept, he couldn't climb up. The only way he got, the only way he got out was by, someone that helped him he had who an eight i don't know rope? yet no but again you want to talk about the game this is part of the tools of the game that's my point if it is a game or a quest like you said 
there's other players that we may not know yet. And that's the thing. So I believe the entity or whatever, the from entity was trying to keep him down. Why would he be hallucinating that way? There's no other reason. He finally gets out. And this comes to the end of the, the, the episode. And they're having that conversation. Are you real? Are you real? And he's like, good, you have a gun. And then the cliffhanger is, I want you to kill me. And we're all thinking the same thing. How did the guy throw the rope down if he's locked up? And who is he afraid of while he's locked up? And I think that there who is, is... They? Who is they? They'll be I, back. Who... You know, they're, they'll be here soon. But whoever they is. But... And again, there could be a couple of factions going on. There could be the guy that's locked up for whatever reason. There could be the per- the, the entity that threw the rope. That could be a different group. It could be the 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 white I think people. I think the closest we're going to get is that there's two different forces working against right. each there's other. There's good and evil. That. Let's just say good and because evil. I don't know if it's good good and evil, but it could be two players playing against each other. Absolutely. One player there's... wants him in, and the other one is going to find a way. Like one player, because like what happens is someone rolls the dice. And the rope gets thrown. Right. right? No, no. It's, it's it's definitely it's definitely a choose no, your own no, adventure. Let me finish. Let, one throws the dice, the rope gets thrown. He starts climbing out. The next player rolls the dice and gives him an, a, a hallucination. Okay. And then the other guy or the other player, or maybe a third player, gets him out of the well. So maybe the you know. One of the things is the guy that is chained to the wall, who at the very first time I saw it, I thought for some reason it was Jim, but the guy who is chained to the wall, maybe he's a player that has to get to the next part of the game. Or he's just a player or he's just a character like you would see in any other game. He just gives information. And actually you know what? The only escape room I ever did, there was a girl handcuffed to the wall. Okay. I don't know much about, you know, escape rooms. I don't need, um, I don't know anything about escape rooms except that yeah. I don't want to go in them because I don't want to be trapped. But um, I, I had to, you know what it was? I was freaking out before the door opened and we were starting it. I was freaking out, like freaking out. And I had to say to myself, this isn't real. Right. And that is the only way. And as we walked through, because it was multiple rooms to get to the end, as we went through, I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. The entire thing was ruined for me because the only way I could get through it was to tell myself it wasn't real. And maybe that's the point goes back to is it a dream is it a dream or not real yeah and i'm like here he is he's in this well where does the water get in again it could be dead well it could be a whole bunch of things all right i don't know either but you know what i mean we can overanalyze it all you want it's only one episode we got to see it's one chapter in a book you can't you can't we are not ever overanalyzing. <laughs> no, yes, we can on one episode. No, we are we not. No, we are not. It, it's okay. impossible. 
that's what we get paid to do. Yes, all those those thousands of yeah, I'm Whatever. waiting for the thousands of pennies. But no, um, that said, do you have any other um notes since we basically went through every um big major scene? Um I the question it's so weird. I forgot about this question that I had. The who is they, but then you know, like I don't know if you can see like I it's okay, you know, this is part of my color coding. I but, understand. I understand. It's okay. But this question, whoops, this question right here. Which is what? I, I was like, I was totally not agreeing with you, but then I'm looking at the question. I'm like, does some force not want him out of the well? I.e., Ellis pulls him back. What is his part in the question? What did I just say? I know. And Wait. I was like sitting over here. I'm like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. But yet I wrote this. <laughs> okay. So once in a while I get it right. Validated. Um, yeah, exactly. No, I think, I think, you know, I mean, the fact is they but put he, it on a nice cliffhanger. He wakes, up in the, he wakes up in the well dreaming. Elgin is dreaming. What are you talking about? When, when Elgin was, oh, Elgin was dreaming. Yes. Okay. Elgin was dreaming and Boyd was dreaming to the same song. I want to know what was dreaming. Again, what I'm trying to say is as much as we can overanalyze it, we got to see the whole thing and we got to see what happens. Okay. So I'm cutting it off now because I'm done. I I just, I I'm checking. Did I, all right, hold on. Here's just one question I didn't ask. Okay. I can't wait for this. If Jade thinks Ethan is a creepy little kid, what kind of kid was Jade? Oh, he was the same little pin in the ass. I know. I okay. know. So, I mean, that's an that's easy why question. He has, no, he has no patience for Ethan. No, no. Actually, I don't think Ethan totally was. Does. I don't think Jade. I don't think Ethan is as bad as you're making it out to be. I think Jade was worse. I'm not. I don't think Ethan's a creepy little kid at all. No, Jade. I think. Jade called him I think a creepy Jane, little kid. Jade, Jade's a little pain in the ass, but you know, it, Jade's Jade's a little jaded, so it doesn't really matter. He's um, but you know, I I think that you know we did a pretty good job of analyzing it, and I think that people are going to be if they're not satisfied with this opening, then I don't know what they could do. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of a couple of answers, but there's more questions than answers, and we've got a couple more episodes to look at, and I think that yeah. that's what's great about this show. Um, yeah, I just think that we have to just keep looking at it as a chapter. And if we look at it as a chapter, we got to wait till the next chapter and then go from there. Hey, Dungeons and Dra- Dragons, do you know anything about it? D&D, it's a role-playing game. Yeah, and that's... And no, that's I know, basically... have you played? Oh, I played when I was... Years ago, yes, I did play years ago. Is this ago. Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, you could you could make a case for that. That's for darn sure. I think that there is a lot of truth to that in terms of the guides of what you're saying. Everybody has to play a character. I yeah. think that fits perfectly and I love it. We're going to have to okay. see if it plays out. I mean, and, and I don't I, mean I, to I be never... funny about that Lizzie, but I, I mean, I know you and I love talking about it, but at yeah. the end of the day, it, it's like you have to sometimes take a step back to go two steps forward 
And I think that's what we're going to have to do here. And I think that's what the show is going to end up doing with us a little bit. No, you love the show. And so do I. And I can't wait for people to see this when it drops and get their thoughts. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what it's all about, because you have a take. I have a take. I can't wait to hear what everybody else's take is. All right, folks, that's our show. And thanks for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, could you hit the subscribe button? And if you like it even more, give us five stars. Also, you can write in uh, or leave uh, voicemails or feedback to, um, you know, podcastica.com. While you're there, you can check out some of the other shows. You know, right now, um, I know I'm doing after show for Yellow Jackets. Uh, Mandalorian just ended and we had Mrs. Maisel just started. So I know we're doing a couple of different things um, from all the gambits of different shows. And um, what are, are you watching anything right now, Lizzie, besides um, this show? Fringe. Next week, we're going to be covering season two, episode two, The Kindness of Strangers. Obviously, that has some impact on the new people that we have. Hopefully, we'll get some more insight on what we're, we're doing. And I just uh, can't wait to see what happens. So that's our show. And the bell is ringing. So you better go home. <laughs>